This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast, with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. By fans, for fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. It is August 22nd, 2020. Jonathan Osborne here. I am here, as always, joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luke, mm-hmm. how are we doing? And you don't even have to answer that, really, because uh, I know. Uh, Yeah, I mean, whew, not you, great. Uh, you, you lose by 14. It felt like you lost by 50. Um, somehow, well, I know how, uh, game two felt closer, and the end result was further apart at 15 point a 15 point loss and today was 14 so um scoreboard does not reflect just how bad that game was nope not at all so once again first quarter magic down by eight uh and then proceed to get outscored by 19 points in the second quarter so again can't do that not you know (laughs) you cannot do that uh man Hey, it was all good by like by, five days ago. Yeah, it you get outscored by nineteen and a quarter, and the and a quarter by the way where you scored just twenty. So never good yep. when those numbers are close to each other. Um, if the bright spot, if there's any, um, is the second half, the Magic outscored both quarters and won the ha- won the second half. I feel like um, that has more to do with the fact that Bucks were like we got this in the bag. I'm not really giving yeah, us too much well, credit for that second half. Speci- specifically the third quarter, um we scored five more points. Beginning of the fourth, first 4 minutes you kind of, you know, you you create some um you create some closeness there, um separate the gap. You're I think they were down 17 or something like that uh, or 15 with like 8 minutes to go, 7:30 to go in the game. Um, and then, you know, they, they, they realize, you know, oh man, they're starting to get some confidence once Orlando gets within 12 and then good night. Um, you know, you've, you've, you've got Lopez hitting corner threes again, uh, late in the game to kind of make that, that I think that was again, kind of like in game two, uh, Lopez hits that three in the corner and you're like, oh, okay, never mind. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it was a lot of back and forth. There's no doubt about it. The team in the second half loves to show fight. Um, first quarter, man, and the second quarter, just that whole first half, you, you've, that's when you've got to show that fight. It's too little, too late in that second half. I got to give it to this team as much as they frustrate me, as much as they annoy me at times and, and disappoint me just over and over and over again. They, this team never, ever, ever gives up. Like you can, you really, it's very rare, like few and far between, you know, 82 regular game season. And then whatever this series is going to end up being five or six games or I, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's on. It's gonna, on to the next. It's game, gonna. But it's gonna be five. Well, I'm. I'm hoping that is not the case. But what what I'm trying to say is, like, it's a very rare occasion where you feel like the magic like let go of the rope. Like they always try to fight to get back into the game. They make it respectable, and then kind of the the other team will extend the lead. You know, if the magic are going to end up losing that game. But yeah, you just you can't have you can't have first halves like this. And I'll tell you when I knew that this game was over. Unfortunately. Yeah. When James Ennis was ejected, I knew this game was over. 
Because at That's that fine. point, here comes B.J. Johnson, here comes Vic Law. James Ennis has just been doing such a great job, the instances where he guards Giannis and Chris Middleton, and both of those guys in the second half just did whatever they wanted to do. Yeah, I mean, but and you said you thought you knew it was over when that happened, um, which obviously that was another great uh, indicator that the game was probably just run over a, at run that us point. through that, Luke, for the people not watching the game. Just explain what happened and how ridiculous it was that James and Marvin Williams were ejected. It was just yeah, so, so stupid. It starts on, I believe, the box out with James Ennis trying to get to Marvin Williams and put a body on him. James Ennis has a slight shove in there, but nothing crazy. Um, Marvin kind of flails a little bit. Then Marvin gets a little irritated, gets up in Ennis's face, gives him a two-hand shove, uh, then proceeds to grab the collar of Ennis's jersey. Uh, Ennis swings, and for the commentator, I mean, for Van Gundy and... Um, What's his face? The other commentator today, the other analyst. Um, I was with Fox Sports Florida, so I even forgot that SVG was calling the game. Yeah, so he's calling the game, and they're at first they're entertaining the thought that Ennis even threw a punch, um, which is hilarious. You clearly take one look at that. We'd already looked at it a few yeah. times at that point, and he was just trying to get him off of him um, because someone holds on to you for more than a second. Um, you know, your instincts kick in, and you just want him to get off you. Um, you know, and, and that happens, uh, kind of throws them off. Uh, people go down in the process trying to break up the fight. Um, and then, you know, they, they review it. They give them both technicals. They also issue them both ejections. So, um, I think at that point you, you give them their technicals. They're, they're one technical each. You, they're wash and you move on, play the rest of the game. There's no reason. And, and Stan Van Gundy did say this on the broadcast, there's no reason to throw either of these guys out in a playoff game yep. when the, the margin is what it was. There there was no room for that. Officiating, we saw it the other day with Chris Tapp's Porzingis, uh, which I think there was a, a better case for Porzingis getting ejected because it was a second technical. Um, but with these guys, man, it, it just didn't make sense uh, why why they were both ejected. Um, I, I thought it might have been one or the other or maybe a double technical to wash, whatever. Uh, but to throw both of them out, man, and then for the Magic, that's a huge blow. That's a starter. Yeah, he's he's not incredible, but he's been a really good part of this team during the playoffs, really good energizer um, for the team, and he gets kicked out, you know, ejected from the game. At that point, you know it's over. Um, but then uh, earlier in the game is kind of when I already had a sense of, and, and call me a pessimist, whatever. Um, I I had some fears about the game. In the first, I think it was the first quarter when Vooch misses five straight um, jump shots. Nobody else is converting anything. Magic start to lose it a little bit. Beginning of the game, I mean, for what it's worth, Magic were up 8-7 or something like that to start the game. Um, Vooch hits his first three of the game. You say, okay, let's settle in. Here we go. We're going to have ourselves a close game all game. And you're down eight or nine or whatever it was at the end of the first, and then to give up to get outscored thirty nine to twenty in the second quarter was that was a the that was one of the most painful quarters of Magic basketball to watch. That just was not fun all the way around. I thought game two wasn't fun. This was because much of lack of fun. shooting. This was much less fun, and the shooting percentages were up. In fact, from three, the Magic shot pretty well. Uh, I think it was Almost some odd 50%. like forty forty seven percent, something like that. Uh, yeah, 47.5, 19 of your 43s. That's fine. That's not where you get killed. The Milwaukee Bucks have 56% from the from the uh, field goal 
range. And and Giannis, obviously, largely to do with Giannis shooting 12 of 14, averaging 30, you know, getting 35, 11, and 7. I mean, what can you say? Giannis, when you, even when you cut the deficit to 12 at the end of the game, you know for a fact Giannis is either going to penetrate and make you pay for it because he's got Evan Fournier guarding him or someone that is just undermanned and undermatched, or he's going to drive and pass the ball out to the wing for anyone to hit it. I mean, the, the Bucks are on right now, and uh, you awoke them in game one, uh, kind of like the Magic did with the Raptors last year, uh, but it's taking the Bucks a little longer to settle in. But, Jonathan, I, I feel like the Bucks are officially settled in, and they're here to win out the series. Well, back to the, the James Ennis ejection, I was like, yeah. I, was like I, I, I just couldn't believe. I tweeted, like, right before because I was like, man, like, they're not going to eject these guys, but if they do, it would be a much bigger deal for the Magic to lose James Ennis than the Bucks losing Marvin Williams. Obviously, they're a much deeper team. Um, James Ennis is just, you know, unironically just really important to this team right now. I mean, again, brings great energy, effort, hustle, you know, every single play. But I was just like, they get ejected, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. And then I realized, oh, Mark Davis is the lead official on this game. Anytime I see Scott Foster um, or Mark Davis, I'm just like, the Magic are really going to be in for a long day because I just I don't find them to be very you know good officials. But um, anyways, yeah, like you said, I mean, yeah, Milwaukee like has woken up. Just looking at the three-point percentage here, Giannis, two of three. Go freaking figure. Chris Middleton, three of seven. Brooke Lopez, two of four. Bledsoe, two of three. Wes Matthews, Matthews, three of six. George Hill, three of six. I mean, like, I'm looking. I'm looking at field goal percentage. Anyways, regardless of the fact, I, I I'm looking at CBS. Their box scores are completely trash. I don't know why I keep using these things. <laughs> like, it's it, you're you're looking at the stats and they're like off center from where the line actually is. But regardless, um, yeah. Just Milwaukee well, has woken up. They are now playing to the level that we expected them to play. Uh, the Magic, mm-hmm. I mean, when you when you get okay, let's let's look at some stats here. Vucevic, twenty points, five rebounds. Augustine, twenty four points. Ross, twenty points. You get forty four points off of the bench from DJ and Ross. You need to win that game. No questions asked. No excuses. There's just no room for a loss in that scenario. We get another stinker out of Evan Fournier. Decides to wake up a little bit in the second half. What might be one of Markel's worst games in a Magic uniform. Five points, five assists, two of nine from the floor, five turnovers. Just Eric Bledsoe has done a remarkable job on Fultz, especially the last two games. Just kept him uncomfortable. um, Poked the ball out from behind him. Kind of letting Markel get past him and just bringing that hand through, poking it loose from behind. That's another thing, just... Three turnovers out of Vooch, out of Fournier. Five turnovers out of Fultz. Three turnovers out of uh, DJ Augustine. Just the the attention to detail compared to game one and game two and game three is just night and day. I mean, the also another part of this you you briefly touched on it with turnovers, but um, I believe the Magic are third or fourth best in turnover efficiency um, in the league, and you know today. Milwaukee still has more turnovers. The Magic's the, the Magic's geez, the Magic are still <laughs> having active hands. That's they what they deserve to be called the guys. Magic's right now. That's true. Um so I mean at points the Magic still had active hands. You're still forcing 19 turnovers, but you can't have 18 yourself. You're scoring 25 points off turnovers to Milwaukee's 20. So it's all there. 
except the attention to detail, like you said, that's how you get into those, um, you know, anywhere from 18 to 20 to 22 turnovers in a game where that's very uncharacteristic of the magic to do. Um, and, and it stinks, man. And, and you look at the, the box score again, um, you look at this, you know, Vucevic has three turnovers, I believe. Uh, Evan has two. Markel has five. Um, but I would say Vucevic's three turnovers were more warranted than Evan's. Uh, oh, they both had three. Than Evan's three turnovers. You know why? Because Vucevic at least had two assists to where Evan had zero. So, I mean, it is abysmal. Um, I don't look at plus minus very much because obviously you look at this. Vuce, one of our better players today, had a minus 20. That's just how it's going to go um, sometimes. But Evan Fournier, I mean, contributing nothing, minus 28, worst on the team. Um, th- that is somewhere where that plus minus stat is true. Uh, he was just exceptionally bad today. He's been bad the past couple games as well, but today was just like hard to bear, I, with, with, especially with the state of everybody else. I mean, like you said, you get DJ and T. Ross to tip in like that. You got to win that game. Um, it, it stinks. Vucevic finally gets help, um, and you know it doesn't matter. I don't want to keep raking, you know, Evan Fournier over the coals here. I, I mean, I think we should give a little bit of credit to Wesley Matthews. He's really done a great job at just denying the ball to Evan Fournier. Um, but when Evan does get the ball, just making it extremely, extremely difficult for him to do anything. Uh, but at the same time, you know, you're one of our best players throughout this year, regardless of what anybody thinks. That's just the facts of it. So much so to the point now, we're looking at you and we're like, bro, like this, you are not playing to the standard that you set for the better part of this year. And he's just really, like, really letting us down in this series. Back to the, yeah. Well, no, just back Uh, to the attention to detail on things. mm -hmm. That's what allowed the Magic to win game one. Like, forget about the hot shooting or whatever that allowed us basically to, like, almost blow out the Bucks in game one. Even even without the hot shooting, the the way that we rebounded the ball, the the physicality that we played defensively, the way that we took care of the ball offensively, regardless of the hot shooting, would have gave gave us a chance to win that game. You take away the shooting in game one, you still look around and you're like, all right, we still made the game ugly enough to have a shot at the end of that game, regardless of the way that we were playing offensively. And all of that so far has just gone out of the window. You keep turning the ball over. Milwaukee, Giannis just runs down the other side, dunks it on our, our whole team, up 15, and is flexing like he's just the, the coolest dude ever. I don't really want to get into that. But, man, <laughs> it's just the Magic have it, to – every single facet of the game, they have to play to a extremely high standard for them to have a chance to win these games. Yeah, no margin, no room, no room for error at all. Um, and this is the last thing I'll say about Evan Fournier. Well, maybe. No, it's, uh, I can the, guarantee this, you that it's not. Well, well, for this maybe episode. for this episode. Um, the when you look at a player's regular season averages, that the your points per game, your assists, especially your points per game, those those averages need to go up when you get to the playoffs. That is time where you lock in. You're not pacing yourself anymore. You, you're locked in, and you're looking to get a bucket. You're looking to help your team where you can. Um, and I pulled it up. I mean, this year, obviously, we know Evan Fournier is second-leading scorer on the team, averaging 18 a game. Um, and then the playoffs, he's averaging 10.5. Uh, actually, that was after two games. So it'll go up a little bit. Regardless, he's not reaching that 18. Uh, last year, he averages 12 a game, where his average for the regular season was uh, 15. So the, the rule of thumb here is you need to – be scoring more 
than your regular season points per game. You're not you're like I said, you're not pacing yourself for an 82 game season. There's some games you can well, mentally maybe take off and then for the playoffs, I, I mean, say, I, I get things get tough, yeah, but jeez. I would say historically speaking, most players like you see the points per game average dip just a little bit just because the you know, the the games are more intense. Teams have more time to scout you by the, you know, third, fourth and fifth game. You know every single thing that another team is going to do. But with that being said, it's really just like Evan, even, you know, when he's, you know, not forcing things and everything like that, he has a a role on this team where he's able to, you know, cut off the ball, try to get, you know, good cuts going to the rim. Or if he's in that high pick and roll with Vooch, you know, trying to, you know, draw attention, kick the ball out to someone else. The issue with him is he's leaving his feet every single time he tries to do that. And the Bucks are so good defensively and so long at that point, you're not kicking it out to anyone. So something in, you know, in his thinking, his thought process, you know, in these plays where he's driving to the rim and, you know, it, it's, it's Wesley Matthews and then it's either Giannis and it's Brooke Lopez, you know, closing out, trying to help on him. Then he's just jumping in the air and trying to chuck the ball out to one of these guys on the perimeters. And that's where mm-hmm. you're seeing a few of these turnovers come. But like I said, I, I don't want to spend too much time on Evan Fournier. For me, it's as simple as this. If he's not gone this summer, he's gone by next year's trade deadline. You cannot you cannot extend Evan Fournier. If he declines his player option, he's gone. If he declines and wants to re-sign with the Magic, you say no. Like, there is, yeah. there's no, this team just, it's time. Like, I, I appreciate you, you're, you're seven, eight years with the franchise. I know, it sucks because I know that he is obviously disappointed with himself. I know that he holds himself to a higher standard. I know that he feels like he's trying. But in this instance, it, it, it's time for a change at our at our starting shooting guard position. It's time for a change with our, our primary perimeter ball handler, you know, in the crunch time. It, it's just Evan Fournier, thank you for your service, but either please decline your, your player option, negotiate a trade with the Orlando Magic, or, or Jeff and John need to make sure that he's gone come next February. That's that's where I'm at. Yeah. I, I am I am I am somewhat of a fan of Evan Fournier, right? Like anybody on this team, you put on an Orlando Magic jersey, I want you to do as well as you possibly can. But I just don't see a scenario going forward where Evan is really going to be able to contribute to this team in a fashion that gets them to the next level. Yeah, and and that I'll come. I I kind of want to double back to what I said about you know players scoring more in the playoffs. Um, I shouldn't have blanket statement it they should score more um, in general, like every player. It is the players that like Vucevic who have stepped up right. in the series and scored above their averages. Vucevic scoring 20 points a game is averaging like 30 right now, right. 28 maybe after today. So, and you've got guys even on the Miami heat, Jimmy Butler averaging four or five above his average um, through three, through two and a, two and a half games right now. So like that's, it's mainly from the, from the players that you expect more out of. For your second leading scorer, he absolutely should be scoring more than 18, especially on nights on like game two where your team shoots 33% from the field. You should be one of those guys that elevates that field goal percentage. You shouldn't be a guy that tanks it like he did onto game two. So that's kind of my point with Evan Fournier. Um, I know I said I was done for the episode, but <laughs> there we go. Now, now, I'm, now I'm done. You couldn't help yourself. It was right there I for could. you. So let's talk a little bit about Markel, right? Markel is a guy who we all knew was going to have to have a good series in order for us to have a chance against the Bucks, And and so far, I think he was averaging like 13.5 points per game. 
uh, in the first two games before coming into tonight. But really just not – well, today I, I guess we really should say. But really just not full tonight. Again, five points, one rebound, five assists, two of nine from the floor, one of three from the three-point line. Didn't get to the charity stripe whatsoever. One steal, five turnovers um, in, in 28 minutes tonight. So, I mean, Bledsoe, last year – First team All Defensive NBA. I mean, yeah, he's you could see it from tip in game two. He he's literally inside of Fultz's jersey at all times now. Yeah, he he is what my my grandfather used to say. Uh, when you're guarding, defending someone, whether it be football or basketball, it's all more of a football term, but it is called getting inside their jockstrap with them. Whoa, that is that is Whoa, what he is grandpa. doing. That that is that is I've what heard he is I've heard doing. keep your hand in their back pocket, which is a little. <laughs> eh. But getting inside the jock no, strap, that's he got you're it, up you're it, up in there. You're in there. And that's exactly what he has done. Um and and that has made it hard. Um I do want to say I'm extremely happy that DJ Augustine decided to show up today. Um I was much talking more cash stuff about DJ in the first half too. Second half was phenomenal, but he still has to like cut out the turnovers. Yeah, uh, no, I'm absolutely. But there, there was some improvement there because it couldn't get much worse. You just gotta um, take and make the shots that he should take, and not force things. When he does that, he he shoots eight of thirteen and has twenty four points. Right. Yeah. I mean, encouraging stuff from him today. I, I mean, the, I'm not saying that we that we'd win the game today, but we give ourselves a fighting chance if just anyone else steps up. Anyone. Yep. You get anything. Um. You know, Ennis stays in the game, hits some shots in that second half. You don't know what happens in that second half at that point. But, I mean, safe to say that the Bucks still would have won the game just because they are the better team at the end of the day. I'm not going to sit back and, and act like the Magic are the one seed here or that it's a 4-5 matchup. It's absolutely not. Um, and that's also the reality check that Magic fans need to have. I see a lot of Magic fans talking doomsday on Twitter, um, on Instagram, everywhere. Uh, it's not the end of the world, guys. We, we don't have a lot of our starters. Um, we have a guy that, you know, we got Ennis ejected, J.I. obviously out, Aaron Gordon out. I mean, you have some key guys that were missing. Nothing to really hang your head about, but there still are some critiques that that could be made to improve it so these games don't look nearly as bad. Uh, but end of the day, it's a one-versus-eight matchup. They're the best team record-wise in the league. Um, they've got some holes that I'm, ex- you know, I'm, I'm, I'm anticipating them people to find those holes uh, as they get further into the postseason, um, being the Bucks, uh, even maybe even next round with the Heat as the Heat look like they're hitting their stride. Uh, but you know, it it is what it is. It's it's a one versus eight matchup, man. That's all it is. Well, I can't I can't speak for any you know everybody, but I think where the frustration comes, like last year, it was like okay, game one. The Magic, you know, just shot the ball really well, especially DJ Augustine. We're able to steal game one and then get steamrolled in, in game two. And then, then in game three, start the game rough. Uh, you know, Terrence Ross gets hot in that second half. Uh, last, like, minute there, you have a chance to get a rebound, go down the other end, and, and tie the game. DJ Augustine doesn't box out Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry gets, you know, a rebound, and then basically the game's over at that point. And then the Magic just got creamed the rest of the series where – like we talked about after game one, this felt different than the game one against Toronto where it felt like we were lucky, like we escaped mm-hmm. with a win. Like it felt like yeah. we took game one, we earned game one, and it was like, okay, there's a roadmap to the Magic to you know at least pick up a, another game or two in this series, and we're just like not seeing the Magic stay true to that. That's what I feel like is the most frustrating part of the series so far. Um, 
if Vucevic isn't scoring thirty points a game, it, it's it's going to be hard for us to to win really with the you know the offensive struggles that we're having. They're all over you know Gary Clark Jr. Now they're basically in his jock strap, um, mm-hmm. not letting him you know get these open looks at three like he did in in game one. Um, but again, just the attention to detail defensively, taking care of the basketball, um, you know, trying to move the basketball to, to get good looks. Like these are things that we knew we were going to have to do to have a shot. They did it in game one. And even if the shots aren't falling, I still feel like there are, are things that the Magic can do better to put themselves in, in better positions to win these games. So, yeah, it was a long shot to win this series. But I think that's why people are frustrated because it's like we're not doing any of the things that we need to do to be able to, you know, ugly up these games enough to really have a chance. Yeah. I mean, there, there's really nothing else that, you know, I really have about this <laughs> about this game today yeah. um, in this series. Well, the good news is we get another chance to run it back on Monday. I mean, it, it's looking like a tall task. It, it's looking bleak. But if the Magic can win that game, series is tied up again. Yeah, and then you make it uh, essentially a best of three series. Exactly. So... Um, yeah, I mean, that's the good news about, about these playoffs is it's a, it's a long series and that's also the bad news about some of these playoff series. It's a, it's a long series. So, um, yeah, just got to get it where you can. Um, who knows? I'd love to get another game, uh, whether that be when Milwaukee is up three, one, you know, kind of when they take their foot off the gas and they know they're going to win the series. And, uh, regardless, I'd like to win uh, one more game. If that can be game four, that'd be awesome too. Um, so everything at this point, man, it, it's kind of gravy at this point for me. I mean, you, you win game one. I didn't expect us to do that. I I really expected a sweep to be honest with you. Um, so, you know, it, I'm, I've said it a lot, but it is what it is. I mean, I, I, I totally get where you're coming from, but I don't think, you know, the magic can really afford to have that kind of mentality. I'm sure they don't. As fans, oh, no. Like, I mean, if like, I was a player, that's completely different. Right. You're in control of the game, but as a fan, it's a lot easier on yourself to say, we we did what we could. After the series, I might feel that way, but just like right now, it's like no, they they better win another game. Like, don't lose four straight. I know Milwaukee is a phenomenal team and everything like that, but I I really would just like to see them be able to you know put the the things that we're talking about together, or maybe not even win another game, but like at least get another one or two like close games to where like you could really argue like oh we could have won that had the ball bounced you know this way instead of that way but right now yeah i don't i don't want to be bored kicked. i don't want to be bored and hopeless by the third quarter yeah again. like i i don't want to go into halftime being like oh my god we got to sit through another hour of this i want to be like yeah. all right let's let's bounce back let's like you know let's take care of business like clifford has talked about it multiple times like sometimes this is a fourth quarter league sometimes the first quarter league right now it seems like it's a first quarter league so if the magic stop getting their butts kicked in the first quarter keep it respectable at the halftime and then maybe we have a little bit of hope as we go into the second half, that would be phenomenal. Uh, but the yeah. last thing I want to talk about, Luke, um, Michael Carter-Williams and Aaron Gordon getting scratched from the lineup again today. Michael Carter-Williams with the foot. Uh, Aaron Gordon uh, with the with the hamstring injury. Hashtag all my homies hate Kyle Lowry. Um, uh-huh. You know, we're talking about Aaron Gordon now. It's basically three weeks. Um, it was, the, it was um, August uh, 5th, I believe it was. So we're 17 days out since that. Um and Clifford before the game today is talking about the fact that um, Aaron's today he would not be able to run up and down the floor. So my opinion, and he's saying Michael Carter Williams is even further behind him. Like my, the only thing yeah. he can do right now is shoot spot up jumpers. 
So I feel like we're not seeing either of those guys this series. I feel like they're done for the year. Let, and I want to talk <laughs> real quick about something that has been kind of ridiculous to hear people say. Um, people are saying their 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 theory is Aaron Gordon isn't playing because the Magic have a trade lined up. No. For draft night, or the Magic have a trade lined up for sometime soon after the season. Blah blah blah. Man, no. I hate to break it to you, but and I love a, a good conspiracy theory or theory as much as the next guy, but that is not that is not the case at all, guys. Um, I, I just think that it is worse than we think, or uh, they're being just very extra cautious with the hamstring because it is you know if, if a guy comes back with even eighty five percent and you know strength in his hamstring, um it's still very likely that he re-injures that and then he's out even longer. So um, I don't, I don't think it's really worth it. Um, if you think that he can risk injury and then possibly miss the start of next season by some weird injury with his hamstring or can't get back in the gym as soon in the off season as he want, as he would want to be. Uh, I don't think it's worth it. If he's back, that'd be awesome. But I mean, game five is five days away. Okay. Let's jump into this theory, right? You and I haven't really talked about this. We haven't really talked about it on the podcast. It's kind of been out there for months and months and months and months and months. Uh, but since now that you brought it up, let's let's jump into this. So what Luke is referring to, right, is basically now that Golden State is, you know, they, they have the second pick in the draft, right? Now people are starting up the talks again about Aaron Gordon and, and such and such and such to the Golden State Warriors for Andrew Wiggins in the second pick, right? Yeah. Why in the world would we take the second pick and get Andrew Wiggins back for Aaron Gordon when we already don't have Jonathan Isaac? We have no idea what's going to happen with Alfred Aminu. Still don't know what, what's going to happen with Chuma Okiki. In my opinion, I don't see who, who, who's going to be the second pick in the draft. LaMelo Ball is probably going to go one, right? So second pick in the draft, we're talking about Anthony Edwards, right? I, yeah. I just... Any other trade scenario, and some people are talking about like, oh, well, what if we trade Vooch and, and Aaron and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Then who are, you, who are you trying to get back? You're trying to get back Draymond Green? Come on now. Yeah. Andrew, so, so you want Andrew Wiggins. So you want Evan Fournion steroids. That's what you're <laughs> telling me. You want 20 points a game of Andrew Wiggins and this, this second pick who nobody has any idea is going to be any good or not, right? So we're we're jumping from you know seventh AC. We're jumping right back into the lottery. Then, that's what we want to do. I am I am so far from sold on Andrew Wiggins. It's not even funny. Yeah, I mean, if you look at that, I mean, some of these trades that I've seen, I, it, it like it's been one of the trades. Obviously, which is in line with what you're talking about, was Aaron Gordon and Al Farouk Aminu for Andrew Wiggins and the number two pick. Um. I, I know the Warriors don't say yes to that, uh, especially if they like someone at the number two spot, because um, essentially then you're really trading. You're saying that you're it's a wash really for Aaron Gordon and Andrew Wiggins. You're saying that's a wash, and then you're saying Al Farouk Amina for the second overall pick in the 2020 draft. I don't think it's worth it for either team to do that. They're, they're, that is not the direction either team wants to go. I would, I would guarantee the Warriors are going to trade that pick because obviously they still have Steph, they still have Clay, they still have Draymond. Like they're that ready pick to is so much better than Al Farouk Amino. Oh no, I would completely agree with you. I would, I would agree. Then like just keeping Andrew Wiggins, you know, in 
and drafting, you know, the the number two overall pick, they're still going to be a contender to win the finals next year. But mm-hmm. like what people they like don't, don't to seem to understand is so many other teams can put better trade packages together than Aaron Gordon and Al Farouk Aminu or whatever it breaks out to be. Like, and, and that's the thing that that I I've talked about a lot with you is, um, and that we've talked about is that our front office doesn't settle for trades from what we know. Um, and this would be, you know, I don't think forcing Aaron Gordon to the Warriors so they can get Andrew Wiggins and the number two pick is something that they would necessarily be jumping at. They're, if if they want a specific trade, they're going to go try to get it. They're going to propose it. And if the other team counters, they most likely say no. Um, you know, if it's something like that or, or whatever it may be. But my point being, I don't see a, a blockbuster trade for a number two pick in this year's draft, especially this year's draft. This is this is not a prime draft year, um, especially, you know, even in two. Like, there's nobody there that I'm like, wow, that guy is definitely going to be a star in the league. And the funny thing is you see all these people, sit, you know, during the games like, man, we need a shooter. Man, we need a shooter. Man, we need a shooter. You know what? Let's trade the... Aaron Gordon, let's get the number two pick for a guy in Anthony Edwards who shot like thirty percent in college. Let's do that. That's what we yeah. should do. It's right. I, I I I just really don't understand it. Uh, I I don't feel like this is this is the draft that you know we necessarily need to be trading up in or anything like that. Um, no. So, and you, and the funny need... thing is, right after we right after Jonathan Isaac went down, everyone's like, oh, well, we can't trade Aaron Gordon. <laughs> oh wait, you mean Golden State's got the number two pick? All right, let's let's trade Aaron Gordon. They'll definitely take that. I just I don't see that happening. No, and uh, let's be honest with ourselves: the Magic are not going to win the NBA Finals in the next two years, three years. Why Why would you want to just give you know trade your young piece for a guy like Andrew Wiggins and then an even younger guy? You're rebuilding again at that point, and it's like let, it, we're not going to blow it all up. At that point, blow it all up, get rid of everybody. Let's just let the the new guys, you know, the young guys, the young core, you know, get thirty wins the next two years. Just not worth it in the end. Um, and you know, but anyway, we we can focus on the off season when it gets here, I guess. But yeah, I wanted to address that because some of y'all are talking wild. So uh, yeah, so um, Wiggins is still going to have another three years on his contract. Let me read you these numbers. So twenty 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 one twenty nine million. The following year, 31 million. 2022, 2023, 33 million dollars. <laughs> okay? So, hey, you guys that hate Vooch and hate Evan Fournier, guess what? You're going to have an Evan Fournier on steroids that you're going to be paying 15 million more dollars a year for. And guess what? You're still going to be paying Vucevic 22 million dollars a year. How does that sound to you? Doesn't yeah. sound great to me. So that we hope that this number two pick turns into the second coming of LeBron James or whoever else you want to throw in there and is going to be able to rescue this franchise. Hey, guess what? We're also not going to have any salary cap space to build around him. Sign me right up, Luke. Yeah. Give me a break. Yeah, it's uh I'm sorry. You guys I, you guys are catching us at a bad time. I got I got to <laughs> tell you. You're catching us at a bad time. Okay? No, it it doesn't it doesn't make sense, man, and it's uh you know yeah, and with that Wiggins contract, I know Magic fans. Um, you, ha- you we'll, have they will be killing you, him five games into the season. Yeah, and 
and I also know Magic fans. I I know there's some of you right now that saw Fultz's game today, and you're like, mm, yeah. I don't know about him. Yeah, exactly. I don't I don't know about him. And then if he has another bad game next game, you guys oh, be he's like, trash. Yo, what's the what's the trade market looking like yeah. next year? No, no, no. It's like you guys, you guys Patience. are insane. Obviously, it's a blanket statement. It's not all of you guys. I no, know a lot not. of you guys it's, are reasonable It's two percent of you guys out there that are saying stuff. But like it's this. the it's those of you that you know have 500 tweets a day, and I. I know you guys talk some wild stuff. You, you, you're not guaranteed to have a good tweet percentage at that rate. You're going to say some ridiculous stuff. So, um, you know, no, it's all in good fun. But also at the same time, seriously, you don't want Andrew Wiggins. We don't want Andrew Wiggins. So, I don't know. The team definitely – we'll talk more in the off season, but the team definitely has to explore all of their options here. But anyways, Luke, we are back at it Monday night. Hopefully the Magic are able to put it together and, and just at least, at the very least, please have a more respectable game. Put some respect on our name nationally, please. 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 I don't want to get blown out on national television again. True. Anything else, Luke? I'm good, man. All right. The Magic. Hey, I feel much better, I've got to tell you. <laughs> you yeah, these are these are therapy We sessions, went pretty right? hard. We went pretty hard. But, uh, That's all right. but thank you guys so much for listening to the Sixth Man Show, your playoff home for the Orlando Magic. We are going to keep this going after each playoff game, so come back and listen. Other than that, we'll still be bringing the episodes every single Monday. For Luke, this has been Jonathan, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya! Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!